Hi, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. Thank you, everyone, for listening every week and tuning in. If you have a chance and you want to hear more of our episodes every week, please help us out by leaving a review, giving us some stars. Yes, we love stars. Lots of stars on Apple Podcast or Spotify, whichever <laughs> whichever platform you are listening to us right now currently. <laughs> that was great, Tim. Hey, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> but also, we want to make sure we keep spreading the word about the uh, the advocacy and the um, the, the need to, to create greater inclusion and representation in all walks of life. So spread the word about our podcast and uh, yeah. If you need the transcript or you know someone that could be it could be helpful for, please double check our website. All the transcripts are posted there. I will put a link in the show notes. So Tim, what puzzler do you have for us this week? Are you ready? Ah, uh, yes. Who was the only person to have directed two Pulitzer Prize winning shows? On the Broadway. And let me specify, two Pulitzer Prize winning musicals. Oh, on the Broadway? On the Broadway. Well, we'll come back to that. We'll circle back at the end of this episode. So what's in the news? There is a biomusical surprise, surprise. That is like all the rage right now. <laughs> Biomusicals. It's a thing now. It really is. There is a biomusical that's going to be written by the artist that wrote... And the cats in the, the cradle, cradle and the silver spoon. spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When, yeah, that yeah, song. That um, his name is? Harry Chapin. Yes. And there is going to be a biopic musical that is written about him. It is going to have an industry reading in the spring of 2020. Cool. Yeah, I thought so. And the story is going to really follow his career and focus on his humanitarian efforts he was really dedicated to um, helping stop world hunger which i didn't know that's a noble cause what a great yeah. what a great story and and of course we all know that song uh, it's a very very famous song so i'm mm -hmm. curious to know a little bit more about his life yeah he actually passed away at 38 mm -hmm. in in 1981 he was only 38 years old wow. of a car accident oh no yeah, well. so I'm I'm kind of excited about that one. I can't wait to see uh, how the industry readings go. Also, Barry Manilow has a musical, but not about Barry Manilow. But he's uh, part of writing a new musical. It's called Harmony. It's been in the works for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. There were readings like at La Jolla and, and other places in the 90s. It was supposed to have a 2020... A 2020 off-Broadway performance, but now it's being pushed to 2021. And it is going to be directed by Warren, Warren Car Carlyle, mm -hmm. who had some personal injury or an appendicitis. appendicitis. And they're now they're having to push it back. And that is why, because he's going to direct and choreograph it. And it is going to tell the story of the comedian Harmonists. Ooh, I don't know anything about them. I know, neither do I. And it's an ensemble of six talented young men in the 1920s. Ooh, interesting Germany, time. Yeah. 1920s Germany, according to Playbill. So we will check that out when it comes to Off-Broadway. I also wanted to give you an update on the movie musical adaptations. Again, surprise. <laughs> and there are a bunch, a bunch of new ones coming up pretty in the next couple of years. So just a reminder, uh, Cats the Musical. Mm -hmm. Yes, Cats the Musical is 
coming um the film is going to be released the end of this year which is so december 20th so we're you know what a couple weeks away yeah we're right around the corner from the mm-hmm. opening of the premiere of cats the musical and then also in post-production we have in the heights which is coming out middle of next year mm-hmm. we have everybody's talking about jamie which is such a great show. I, we haven't seen it because it's still, I believe, performing in London. Mm-hmm. But that's one that's going to happen the end of next year. It's going to have a film adaptation. And of course, West Side Story is having a film adaptation that's going to be released the end of next year. Which obviously has been getting a lot of buzz. And we're really excited, helmed by Steven Spielberg and featuring a very diverse cast, which we're all excited about. The only thing that I did note when I was looking at this... Guess what the directors are all from what community? They're all men. They're all men. All of these directors are all men. Uh, That's a little bit of a heartbreaker for me, but baby steps. That's right. And still, you know, this is very telling about the film industry and, you know, how how male-dominated that film directors are still. Yes. Even in, not only in the film industry, but in the Broadway industry. Mm -hmm. But that's for another day. So the musical... Jagged Little Pill. Yes. Yes. Just opened December 5th on the Broadway. And of course, the brilliant uh, female director is directing it. The Diane Paulus. Yes. One of my heroes. Yes. And there, the reviews have been released. Mm-hmm. And have you have you seen any of the reviews yet, Tim? Yeah, they've been mixed. Uh, you know, there, there's, it's been a little bit of both. Uh, there's been some people who have celebrated the show for how diverse it is and the message it's trying to tell. But also there have been those that, you know, really approach this from the book standpoint are saying, you know, the book has a lot of problems and uh, it, it still needs work. So it's kind of a split down the middle. You know, a lot of people that are for social change and for social advocacy are really excited about this show because of all the subject matter takes on. But... Most people are saying that the book isn't quite fully developed enough or needs more work. It did change quite a lot from what I've been reading uh, prior to it going to Broadway. It it was focused more now just on one character. Mm -hmm. All the other characters had a lot more weight, had a lot more of the story. And so it has been quite adapted. And Diane has really focused it on more of one path. so it does have a focus and a, a main character. And that's what I heard when it was having out-of-town tryouts in Boston and other cities, that they were trying to tackle all of these social issues, mm-hmm. and it seemed to, the social issues seemed to take over, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing, but um, it kind of lost its, it needed to be narrowed down to a more specific focus. And so I think that's what Diane really tried to tackle before heading to Broadway. And, and I hope that it it was successful. We, we're looking forward to seeing it in the yeah. spring. As I was reading a bunch of these reviews about Jagged Little Pill, I started to think if I was a part of this production or if I was on Broadway, how would this affect me mentally? We start to read reviews and we think, oh, that person thinks I'm not good or that person thinks my work isn't good. And that is such a challenge in this industry. So I wanted to ask you, Tim, what can you let go of that does not serve you to create space for something that can serve you? Ooh, this is a very good question and a personal question at that. And I'll approach this from a personal standpoint just because I feel like sharing. Yes, please do. Um, Things that I need and want to let go as we move into the new year. Mm -hmm. Um, The need to impress, the need to, uh, the need to, uh, to gain satisfaction from people around me. Um, the need to uh, 
be constantly find satisfaction from people outside of my sphere regarding my work, whether mm -hmm. it be directing or performing or teaching. And I really want to work to let go of the fact that I need to impress people or the need to satisfy or be enough uh, or be worthy of directing on a larger stage. I think um, what I want to work on as I move into the new year is kind of mentally decluttering all of that emotional baggage and freeing myself th so that I can focus with, with respect to a chorus line, which is coming up, focus on taking more risk and focus on allowing myself to be as inventive and, uh, and creative with the upcoming concept that I'm about to work on. And in order to do that, I really need to let go of the need to please and the need to satisfy you know, the, the exterior voices that are always kind of surrounding me. And that is something that I'm sure every single one of us can agree with mm -hmm. that we can understand because in this industry, it is literally about being judged. Mm -hmm. And I, I, we try not to think of it like that, but you walk in the room and someone's judging you. Are you right for this role? Are you going to get this designer job? Are you going to um, be a director choreographer? Everybody's judging you and your work on a constant level. And we have to <laughs> apply an audition interview all the time. And so if you let go of those feelings then, Tim, and, that, and those um, worries and judgment or those reviews that could possibly come out, that creates an open space that you can fill it with what? With creativity and and taking more risk and putting myself more out there. And I think that's what we've been trying to do this last year more progressively. And I think moving into 2020, I think you and I both are really going to work on putting ourselves out there in all capacities, whether it be in education, whether it be as performers, whether it be as directors or leaders, or uh, using our voice and, and not letting others' opinions of us affect how we want to affect positive change in this craft. Do you feel like it takes up a lot of your time to worry about what people think about you or what someone thought about your work? Or does that take up a lot of your daily time and thought and energy? I think that I've, I, I grew up in that way. I, I grew up with the, with the need to satisfy whether I was playing mm -hmm. an instrument or whether I was performing or in any walk of life. Mm -hmm. I've always felt the need to, uh, to please others and make everyone, to gain everyone's approval. Does and that take a lot of your time? Of course. It, it occupies so much of my emotional and physical space throughout the course of my day. And I think, you know, as you ask me this question now, and I really start <laughs> thinking about it, it's something that I really want to let go. And I think as I've gotten older, I'm starting to do that, but I have a long way to go. And I really, really want to work this year, this new into this new year of trying to declutter that emotional baggage that I carry, that I've always carried, and create new space for new initiatives, new opportunities, and new imagination. So if you notice how I'm trying to make you pinpoint something, mm -hmm. but if you let go of those thoughts and those feelings and emotions, if you let that go because it does not serve you, mm -hmm. that gives you what? Four extra hours a day, maybe, if yeah. we compile all together? What would you do with that part of your day? instead of worrying about what people think, what people say, or making people happy, or taking that energy, what would you then allow space to create or to do if you I had to pick something? If I had to pick something, I think I would, I would pick three specific things. Okay. Oh. I would meditate more. Ooh. I would uh, That's find, a great one. find time to escape from the... Because 
as an educator, and many of us <laughs> that are educators, our colleagues and friends out there across America that lead such busy lives, yeah. really work to find a separation between what we do in our, our, in, uh, in our academic lives and separate that in our personal lives and, and find time to, to, to find quiet space for ourselves. So you would meditate? I'd meditate more. How, how long would you want to meditate for? Oh gosh, uh, it depends. You know, if, even if I can sneak in 10 to 20 minutes of time of, of just self-awareness. So let's say 15 minutes. Yeah, a 15-minute meditation. What's the second thing you would do? Second thing is continue to work on my perception of what I believe is a healthy body. So what would that, what what is one? Exercising more. Okay, so working out. Working out. Going to the gym. Going to the gym more. Specifically. Yes. Cool. As a director, when I'm in the middle of the show, I tend to lose sight of that. Right. It's very hard to balance my exercise regimen with my creative regimen. So how long would you want to be in the gym for? I usually dedicate an hour. Okay, so an hour. So we have an hour, 15 minutes of meditation, Mm -hmm. an hour of gym time. Mm -hmm. And then what's the third one? The third thing is going to be uh, my instrument. Keeping my instrument fine-tuned with, uh, with both the Which vi- instrument are we Sorry, talking no, about here? Sorry, no, multitudes. The violin, working okay. on getting back to my violin more. As I, as I as we're rounding out the fall semester, now that we're going to have winter break, I want to take more time to get back to my violin and, and just play. Uh, and I feel like losing myself in the violin really helps. It's kind of meditative for me as well. Absolutely. So how long would you want to spend a day to just 30 play? Minutes, just 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes playing. Okay. So you have 15 minutes meditation. Mm-hmm one hour of working out at the gym mm-hmm. and 30 minutes of playing the violin. Yeah. That is less than two hours. And, and if you think about this for a second, that's less than two hours, what you just talked about you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Even if you just did one of those things a day, how different would it would it make you feel in your day-to-day life? And also, and I can, I can speak from personal experience that when I do, in those times that I do allow me to have that personal time, that mm-hmm. creative space, that is when my, I'm most, my most inventive Absolutely. You know, and then that carries through into your other daily activities, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It makes you a happier person. It makes you a more joyful person. It makes you a less stressed human being and a more creative artist. So see, there's your three things, Tim. So let's flip this around and let me ask you that exact same no, question. No, I didn't have that in my notes today. <laughs> in the notes, it was just for me to talk about. Oh, okay. You. So it's not therapy time with just... Yeah, okay. So this, this is a two-way street now. So, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so just... What would what what are you looking forward to accomplishing this coming year in terms of declutterization or or what do you want to let go of? What do I want to let so go of? So you can of? make space for something new. Yes. Oh gosh, I I wasn't thinking about this because I was only focused in my notes about asking you this question. Um, okay. So what do I want to let go of? Um, oh, this is kind of personal too. I mean, if it's not personal, what's the point? I guess. Mm-hmm. But I want to let go of my jealousy of other performers. I know it sounds really, I know it sounds really personal, but I am really, as I think about this right now, I have really bad jealousy and I look at somebody and I think, oh, I'm, why, why did I not get that part? Or why am I, why am I not that good? Or why can't I sing like them? Why can't I dance like them? Or why isn't my body like them? Mm -hmm. And that jealousy turns into anger and bitterness. And resentment. And resentment. Mm -hmm. And man, that just poo-poo's everything up (laughs) (laughs) and it occupies so much of your creative energy oh yeah and to be angry and bitter and to let that go is nasty Mm -hmm. it is really nasty and it's been this year has been a lot better that i finally have been able to let that go but i see that quite a lot as a performer now because i'm really jumping into that is getting 
jealous of other people and their success. And I hate that feeling. I think, I don't think you're the only one that feels that way. I think we all, to some degree, feel that same way. And I think the one thing that sets people apart is the fact that the ones that take action, Mm -hmm. you know, are the ones that find success, right? And so to, if you're jealous or if you feel envious, you know, you start looking at those people, what are they doing in their lives that are getting those things that you want so badly done? Absolutely. And finding a way to get in, that, to pull that into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I really want to let a lot of that go because I really think that that holds me back from saying, well, just because that person, I, I can't be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never going to be Sutton Foster. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm never going to be that. And I don't want to be like her. She is perfect. She is, you know, wonderful the way she is, but I have other qualities to offer. And so if I let go of that jealousy, which I'm starting to do really well the past couple of months, but I really want to do it more so, that will create space for me to experience other artistic endeavors. Like for example, I would, I had always said to myself, oh, I want to do these 10 roles, mm-hmm. right? And I have a, a little, yeah, little list, dream yeah. list of roles I want to do. And I, and, and Fun Home was not one of those. Mm-hmm. And I I just didn't think, oh, I'm not the Beth Malone type. I'm not that. And then I did it last year, a couple months ago. And then I just got cast to do it for a five-week run Mm -hmm. at the beginning of next year. And I think uh, we've talked about this in a past podcast about type and not saying I'm that type because... There is no type. There is no type. Type is dead. Right. It is what does the director think is going to best serve the show Mm -hmm. and in the puzzle pieces of the show. And so it really made me think, let let jealousy go let let all that bitterness go and just say this is what i have for the role you know if this works for you and your production great and if it doesn't okay and that's really helped me i think be a be a better human being and a better mm-hmm. artist yeah and then being able to let go of disappointment quickly like oh i didn't get that audition or i didn't get that call back or i didn't get cast in that show because this career is hard it's brutal it's brutal whether you are a performer or a director or an educator it's a tough tough industry to break into and to be a part of and yeah. to maintain a quality level of mental health throughout this industry you know and that's something we don't talk a quite a lot about and mm-hmm. maybe maybe in a upcoming episode we can discuss that about mental health a little bit more but i think if we all if if right now if you're listening what can you let go of in in 2020 what can you actively let go of to create space for something that really does serve you mm-hmm. if you let go of one thing what can you fill it with? Can you learn to play a new instrument? Can you learn new songs? Can you take yoga? Like I do so much yoga now because it makes me such a more calm person and meditative um, state of mind. I think we've been doing this. We've been starting to progressively put ourselves out there more and take more risks. Mm -hmm. And as we're doing it, it's elevated our confidence. It's Mm -hmm. elevated our, uh, our willingness to put ourselves out there more. And so, you know, just by doing this podcast, I think this is a big risk that we took together and absolutely it's something that we've become very passionate about, you know, and, and I feel like we're starting to get our voices heard. And I think as we move into 2020, we're going to, we're going to take on new challenges and we're going to take more risk and we're going to keep pushing ourselves into new endeavors, which is scary, which is scary. I'm sure there are people out there that are like that podcast is whack. I don't know why I'm even listening to that, right? (laughs) but we are going to take risk and we are going to keep pushing forward. So Tim, yes. What's the answer to our puzzler? All right. So the question was, who is the only person to have directed two Pulitzer Prize winning musicals? And the answer is... 
Michael Greif. Ooh, that's yes. right. Michael Greif directed Rent back in the 90s, mm-hmm. which obviously won the Pulitzer Prize, the Jonathan Larson musical. Yes. Won the Pulitzer Prize back then. And he also directed Next to Normal, which won the Pulitzer Prize. And both musicals, very topical, taking on major subjects, either with mm-hmm. mental health, HIV, AIDS, With in the case of Rent. Mm-hmm. So many big issues are tackled in these musicals and well-deserved for Pulitzer Prize. And Michael Greif is a fantastic director, mm-hmm. and he has been pivotal and instrumental in pushing you know the boundaries of what contemporary musical theater is absolutely and if you enjoyed this episode please again take a screenshot share it with your friends we hope that you continue to be part of our conversations as we wrap up the year here so we're going to leave you out on just our own quote (laughs) let go of what does not serve you So you can make room for new adventures, make new room for new risks, for new bold uh, experiment with your creativity. Have a wonderful week, everyone. 